Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Cash That. Happy New Year. We are back in the studio, took that week off, took the holiday to recharge, and we are still, it's New Year, but we got the same sponsor, and we are brought to you by Props.Cash. Props.Cash is the absolute best in the business for looking at player props. It's a must-use tool. It's something that I use every single day when I'm capping. Uh, they have the hit rate charts. You can move the line around. You can see how a player's done with somebody, without somebody, how they perform in a particular situation, what the matchup is, like how the matchup is favorable for them or not favorable for them. And props.cash even has their own projections. So you can kind of take a look at what lines you're getting and then what the projection is that they have through their model. So it's just another tool that you can use to bolster your sports betting and your player prop betting. You can get that for 25% off your first month with code Delara25. And what better way to start the year with uh, with another tool with props.cash. So join in there. It's a great tool. And uh, we're very excited for this year. Uh, Producer Corey, how you doing? Uh, how do you feel in the new year? Do you feel any older, any wiser? Do you have resolutions? I mean, we could talk about those at the end, I guess. Um, I definitely don't feel any wiser. Definitely feel a little older. Um, I've now been biting the same spot on my lip for a week and it's been driving me out of my mind. That's a disaster. Um, so I'm really trying to get that under control. I did it again today. I was in training all day and, uh, fucking tasted blood in my mouth again. I was like, you son of a bitch. You did it again. God damn it. (laughs) Well, the story of the fat lip will not go away. I just keep biting it. New year, same lip. What are you going to do? You know, I need to shut my mouth and maybe it'll, it'll be fine. Yeah. Well, hey, I mean, not today, though. Not today. We need we say we need you today. So not today. Today is not the day. Um, My New Year's resolution is to drive less than 10,000 miles on my leased car this year. That's a good resolution, because like otherwise you kind of wind up in that Mm -hmm. situation where you're like, oh, I might need to buy this out. So I'm heading straight for that situation. I'm going to see if I can get it under control. But (laughs) here we go. Understandable. (laughs) Understandable. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's dive in. The, we obviously had the, the biggest news of the week and the weekend really was the OG Ananobi trade, which sent OG Ananobi, Precious Achua, and Malachi Flynn to the New York Knicks in exchange for Emmanuel Quickly, um, RJ Barrett, and a future second round pick, which is courtesy of the Detroit Pistons. Uh, realistically, that pick, Detroit's so bad, it's coming in this year. It's realistically like an extra first round pick because it's coming in at that end of the set or at the beginning beginning of the second round. So definitely notable. Um, it's a good second round pick to be acquiring. Uh, but still, I think this trade overall was very interesting. I know <clears throat> a lot of people were talking. They're saying like, oh, look, the Raptors fleece the Knicks, blah, blah, blah. I, I'm a Knicks fan, so I'm obviously a little bit biased. When I heard Emmanuel quickly got traded, I was flabbergasted. I was like, oh my God, we traded Emmanuel quickly and I wanted to die. But then like, I kind of thought about it a little bit more. And I think that The big thing here is with the way the New York Knicks are currently constructed, you obviously have Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, big, uh, you know, dominant players where not Brunson's not big, but dominant players uh, that demand the ball right now. Um, And there just wasn't enough room really in the rotation for whatever reason to include Emmanuel quickly into the starting rotation, even though a lot of the advanced analytics pointed to it being favorable. Um, us as fans seem to like Emmanuel quickly. Like we all thought that this was a great scenario. We thought that he was a great player and we were shocked. We didn't sign him last season in the off season. And then coming into this year, we still didn't, we weren't able to complete any type of extension, like what have you. Um, 
The thing is, and this is the thing that I was thinking about more. The Knicks made this trade. Um, you obviously acquire OG Ananobi, who is one, who is one of the premier wing defensive players in the NBA that can guard that can legitimately guard positions one through five, and I think that that's very important to consider. It's a little bit of an interesting scenario because I think of OG Ananobi as the player, like the last player that a con- like a contending team gets to their team uh, via trade to kind of push them over the edge. Like if uh, like if Boston got him, if Denver got him, uh, if the Bucks got him, like like a team like that, right? Or even like Philadelphia, like if they got him, I think that that really changes the dynamics of like just how good that team is and it really puts them into that upper echelon. Whereas for the Knicks, I still have questions about some of like the premier talent, like I wonder if this is this team really has enough juice still to make a run, or if the run is really more of one of those like Atlanta Hawks, Trey Young type of deals where you make the conference finals and then like that's what you got. Um, so I'm not sure. It feels to me that the Knicks still have another move up their sleeve. They and they were able to keep all of their first round draft picks that they kind of had in their stash, and I thought that was critically important. But <clears throat> the thing from like a roster building perspective that I thought was interesting, right? The Knicks, even though we all liked Emmanuel quickly, the Knicks obviously did not value Emmanuel quickly as much as the rest of like the viewing public, right? They didn't pay him in the offseason. They were going to have to overpay him because it was restricted free agency realistically to back up Jalen Brunson if they wanted to retain him, which I think they would. Um, and they really weren't going to start him alongside of Brunson. So I think that Given that circumstance, they took a guy that they viewed as like a sixth man, essentially, another guy in R.J. Barrett, who at least we can stop pretending that he's the future of the franchise, right? Like, but Barrett, you know, he's very inefficient. The to me, I think he just never seemed to get there. He's he was he was never really efficient, Um, and his highs to me seemed more like outliers than flashes of potential. So I know he grew up a Raptors fan. He grew up in in Canada. He played for Team Canada. I hope that this works out for his career. Um, I think that it's one of those things where this could be a win-win trade for both scenarios, but the Knicks were able to get off of that contract, the R.J. Barrett contract, which he's owed $27 million this this year and like moving forward with the extension that he signed. Emmanuel quickly was probably going to get paid again. You're probably paying him another like $25, $26, $27 million a year at the way the restricted free agent deal might have come in. So you're looking at a scenario where a combined money was going to be maybe like 55 to $60 million uh, per year for those two players who, when you look at what the Knicks are trying to do and the way the Knicks are evaluating them, like they're not that good. Like they're not in the, they're, they're not, that's what the Knicks are saying. They're like, this is our position. We don't think that they're necessarily the future, right? Um, even though we're paying them as if they are. Then you go and you get a guy like OG Ananobi, who is highly sought after by a million teams. Um, he's repped by Leon Rose's son, Sam Rose. So the Knicks president of basketball operations, his son is OG Ananobi's agent. He's going to stay in New York. Like that's it's, you know, like people can say like whatever they want. Like, oh, like we don't know. He's going to hit free agency. He's going to opt out, whatever. The Knicks don't make this move if they don't have some like gentleman's kind of agreement, like a uh, head nod to Daryl Morey and James Harden right there. But they don't make this move if they don't think that they can retain 
OG Ananobi moving forward. So like the question is, if you're a Knicks fan or if you're the New York Knicks brass, you're basically saying, would we rather overpay slightly for OG Ananobi for like $35 million, maybe $40 million a year, with considering the fact especially that there's going to be a new TV deal, these contracts are going to get more and more expensive. Would we rather overpay for that where we're getting a guy that we really, really want that kind of we feel like fits into our team? Or would we rather overpay two guys that we don't really feel that strongly about? And we we know that there's not really a huge market for RJ Barrett. So they were able to get off of the RJ Barrett contract, move Emmanuel quickly, who's a guy that they valued as less than what everybody else did. So their evaluation in like the trade machine is like he wasn't even in like the same tier, really. And you get a guy like OG Ananobi, you get another like big in Precious Achua to kind of help start like stem the tide without Mitchell Robinson. And you get another guy like Malachi Flynn, kind of a throw in. Um, but he, he still can create some offense. So I think the Knicks still have some other moves to make. The Raptors obviously have some moves to make as well. Um, it, it, we'll see how long Pascal Siakam winds up being on the Raptors. It sounds like he wants to, he's not going to sign any extensions if he gets traded uh, and he wants to hit free agency. So it really sounds like he's not, they're not going to be able to get very much for him no matter what they do. But from an actionable perspective, in the first game uh, that OG Ananobi played was against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Looked great, obviously. Um, one of the things that I had talked about in my player props forecast for the Action Network was that I thought um, <clears throat> I thought that he was going to be a really good three point shooter for the Knicks. And part of why I like that is he shoots like forty five percent from the corner. And in his first game, he made. Uh, three threes on six attempts, uh, most mostly from the corner. And the other thing that we saw was Jalen Brunson's uptick in assists. Uh, I think that both of these things should tie relatively hand in hand with each other. Um, for this game coming up, they play the Bulls. The Bulls allow a ton of threes. Uh, I think it's a great spot for Ananobi. I'm curious to see where the line comes in because if they change the two and a half to a little bit more of like a, instead of like plus 190, which is where we got it, two days ago if they make it closer to like plus 120 i might pivot to points and in particular the reason i like that is because he was such an effective slasher and such an effective um like mover in space like off ball mover i think that that might be the way to look at it alternatively jalen brunson's assist rate should really skyrocket he had his season high in assists he had 14 assists against the minnesota timberwolves i think honestly he's not passing to rj barrett just throwing up bricks so it's particularly interesting those are some of the actionable things for the knicks i think for the raptors the way we can look at this is for og or for Emmanuel quickly entered the starting lineup. Uh, he started in his first game. Uh, he, what I thought was interesting though, was his lines were a little lower than I thought. They were like 14 and a half points, 15 and a half points, two and a half, three and a half assists, rebounds. Um, when, and he was, he kind of sat there actually in that first game. But I think that traditionally his per 36 minute stats are really, are much better. 22 and a half points. 3.8 rebounds, 3.7 assists. Uh, and when he was a starter last year, he averaged 22 point, 22.6 points, 5.4 rebounds, 5.1 assists in 38 minutes. So I think that that points prop or like a PRA is going to be something that's useful. It kind of came out a little bit too late um, in that first game where, he, you know, in his first start, his debut with the team. So I was a little 
I didn't want to play it right then, but I, it's definitely an angle that I'm looking for moving forward uh, in order to try to back them and see, you know, kind of what the scenario is for them. So uh, it's definitely something that I'm looking at, and I think it's definitely something that's going to be actionable potentially against the Memphis Grizzlies, um, who have actually been relatively weak against guards, and we'll have to see kind of how that shakes out. It's a back-to-back for Memphis. Um <clears throat> The other thing that's notable, though, and somebody asked me to talk about this, and then I'm going to get into some of the best bets for the slate. Uh, but somebody want, somebody in my mentions asked about the sixth man of the year award. And I thought that was a particularly interesting question, uh, especially like let's we can take a look at some of these odds, too. Right. So when we're looking at the odds for sixth man of the year, I think it's interesting, especially because Emmanuel quickly was in the running for this award. Um, and now he's might not be, he might just be playing as a starter. So he's not coming off the bench anymore. And between him, we saw that change. We also saw Chris Paul seemed is entering the starting lineup. Um, Austin Reeves looks like he is not entering the starting lineup despite the D'Angelo Russell injury per coach ham. So I think that's particularly notable. Um, when we look at these guys' stats, like, well, let's look, let's run down the odds first. Austin Reeves plus 250, Tim Hardaway Jr. plus 300, Bogdanovich uh, plus 750 ish, plus 600 some places, Cole Anthony plus 650 to 800, uh, Malik Monk eight to one. Um, those are some of the spots that I'm looking at, right? When we look at their stats over the course of the season, they're all Tim Hardaway Jr., Bogdan Bogdanovich averaging 17.5 points per game, uh, Malik Monk 14.5, Cole Anthony 4.3, Austin Reeves 15.1. Reeves is at leading the pack in rebounds. He's tied with Cole Anthony at 4.4. And then for assists, Malik Monk actually is 5.2, then Reeves at 4.9. So this is becomes a question of where what do you think of these teams? Um what do you like? How do you value their their roles? Traditionally, we've seen a lot of six man of the year awards go to people that score in bunches uh, and that can come off the bench and be a microwave type of scorer. So all of these guys kind of fit that role. Um, but I think that from a uh, standings perspective, right, uh, when we look at where all of these teams are sitting, they're. The, the Magic are the best position. The Magic are in fourth in the East uh, compared to the Kings are fifth in the West. Um, the Lakers are 10th. The Mavericks are seventh. So these are some of the things to, and the Hawks, the Hawks stink. The Hawks are, the, <laughs> the, the Hawks are 11th in the East. So from a value perspective, I think it's hard to bet into this market right now just because it seems like there there might be some moves. I'm a little concerned about Bogdanovich specifically because I think Atlanta's bad and that they might move him to a contender, like to a real contender. Um, but I don't know then if he enters the starting lineup or if he just continues to come off the bench. If he continues to come off the bench, the other concern then is what kind of pace do they play at? What kind of what minutes are is he going to see? Is he going to see similar minutes playing almost 30 minutes a game? That's a little bit of my concern. Um, Austin Reeves seems to have the momentum, right? Like he is somebody that, uh, people want to bet on. He's popular. He plays for the Lakers, like all those things, but I'm not betting a guy at plus 250 right now in what I think is a very coin flippy type of race. Cole Anthony to me is an interesting play, but I still think that the magic are like, I, I don't know if people buy it. 
And then to me, that means like they're not getting enough airtime. They're not getting enough screen time. Like they're still talking about Franz Wagner as a role player, not like an all star. Like that's how like a lot of people real like recognize it. Like they don't even think about Franz Wagner as good as he is as like as that. So that's my concern there. I think that Bogdan Bogdan Bogdanovich is an interesting bet. Um, I think that at the numbers that you can find them at, uh, there's like some plus seven fifties out there. I think that that's definitely the way to go. Um, my app is popping like a 25 to one on Caesars, but I don't think that that's right. Uh, I think that that must be, that must've been the beginning of the season number. Um, So I think the best number that I can find is a 750 right now at FanDuel. Uh, that's I, I think it's worth a little bit of a sprinkle if you haven't entered the market yet at all. If you ha- like, this is I just don't really like six man of the war, uh, six man of the year too much because of the potential. Like a lot of times these guys they're so good and then they wind up playing like they wind up starting. So that's my concern. I think that Reeves is apparently like a very stable bench presence. That's how they want to use him. Um, they tried to start him and that didn't really work. So that's, that's kind of where I'm looking at it from here. Even looking further down, I think that like Derek White's interesting 30 to one. Um, I, I just don't think enough of these other guys are playing enough minutes off the bench to really be worth uh, worth a real look. I'm concerned about, I think Mathur and Heald kind of eat into each other. Uh, Bobby Portis is interesting at 30 to one, but I don't think I'd bet it. Um, and, and that's really what we're looking at. Nas Reed is, in, is phenomenal 30 to one as well, but I just don't see these guys taking that much action. Uh, I don't think they're scoring enough points on a regular basis. So that that's my concern with those guys. Um, but now let's, let's quickly look at the Wednesday NBA slate and, uh, Look, the the Milwaukee Bucks and the Indiana Pacers, it seems like they've played a million fucking times so far this season. And one of the things about this matchup is that the Bucks just cannot stop Tyrese Halliburton. The dude's been unbelievable. And what I think is particularly interesting, actually, is that his assists are down. They keep setting his line at 13 and a half assists. He's only cleared it in one of four games so far, 15 assists in uh, the 12-7 game. Um, He just doesn't hit it. So what I did, and I bet this the other day, I bet over 29 and a half points plus rebounds. Uh, and people are like, he doesn't board, he doesn't board, he doesn't board. Fun fact, he does board against the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, on the season, he only is averaging 7.1 rebounds per game, or rebound chances per game for 4.2 rebounds per game, right? Against the Bucks, he's averaging 10 rebound chances per game on and secures 6.8 rebounds per game. He's gone over this line of four and a half rebounds in all four games against the Bucks. Six, seven, five, nine. So then Joe, why are we betting PR instead of rebounds? Because I like PR. Uh, he's missed it in one game, uh, and that was in a game where he scored 22 points. But so far in this matchup, he scored 29, 27, 22, and 26. The reason I like PR, it got bumped from 29 and a half on Monday to now 30 and a half for this game. And the reason I like it is that the rebounds I think is a very safe floor, but there's potential upside here um, as well. So what I like is that like when we look at his rebound line, and this is some of the thought process that I have with combo props, uh, like I don't think, like I would never expect Halliburton to get like 
like even like the nine, I think is an outlier. Like I think that's a really high number for him. He doesn't really touch triple doubles. He doesn't really get that high, but he's seeing the floor for a ton of minutes. The pace of these games is an absolute blitz and he's getting, he's averaging 6.8 rebounds per game. So that I have, it's over what we're looking at here. I have him projected a little bit over the four and a half. Um, and the, what it does is it raises the floor for me on the combo. And I think it gives a little bit of like potential to go over what his number is there while still being safe. Like I think he'd get at least four, like he might not go over the four and a half, but I think he would get at least four. So I'm pretty comfortable with that. Um, and then for the points, we, he started off pretty slow in this last game against Milwaukee and what happened was he took, he still took 22 shots and at the end of the game, he actually started to go a little bit crazier. And in the second half, he scored 18 of his points and that's what we've actually seen him do. He scored 14, 16, three and 18 against Milwaukee so far this season in the second half. Um, what what happened was they really just could get anything that he wanted when Dame was defending him, just anything he wanted at all. So I really like him to go over the 30 and a half points plus rebounds. I think that the line is, I think just think it's too low again. Um, but I like the potential upside for both of these. Halliburton's too instrumental to the offense to score fewer than like 20, 20 points realistically. And then he also has the potential to have like a high number of points. He could clear this on just points alone, but then he could also help his help his points floor with that rebound line. So that's kind of the way that I'm looking at it here. Uh, and I like him to go over the 30 and a half, um, the 30 and a half points plus rebounds. Additionally, I bet Malik Monk last game under, um, under three and a half threes or not Malik Monk, Malik Beasley rather. Uh, and I think that his points let prop moved up to uh, 13 and a half or 12 and a half. Rather, it's a spot that I'm probably looking to go under on. I think I would even take under three and a half threes. It's look, he, he got there. He shot four of eight from three. This is just not a number. They just don't allow that many three pointers. Uh, that's just not what the bucks do. They've only allowed him in this so far this season. He's taken 11, six, four, four, and eight averaging 6.6. He's a great three point shooter, but I would bet on under pretty much every time on somebody to shoot, like to make less than four on 6.6 attempts. Um, even looking at him over the course of the whole season, he's been a little bit better recently, but he's averaging three and he's and he's averaging 6.4 attempts. So this is a spot where Milwaukee or Indiana's defense doesn't really, it's not really conducive to allowing a lot of threes just because of the, how much of a sieve they are on the interior. So I think that maybe they make some adjustments there. I, I'm comfortable playing like an under on him, whether it's the threes or the points at 12 and a half. But I think that under three and a half threes makes more sense to me. I know that he finished on at 12 points in the last game uh, just because he made four threes. Um, so they, this got bumped to 12 and a half, but I, I, I'm more comfortable. I think the three and a half is fine. Um, and I'll live and die with the fact that, you know, maybe he, you know, maybe he doesn't get there because he makes like, extra layups or something like that. Um, additionally, Let's look at the rest of the slate. So that's plenty of talk for Bucks Pacers. We've seen that game so many times this this season. Uh, the Knicks, look, uh, like I said, I like OG Ananobi threes. I talked about Jalen Brunson assists. Those are some looks that I'll probably be looking at. The Thunder are in a bad schedule spot against the Atlanta Hawks. I don't know how they are going to stop Shea. Uh, so I might be looking for like a Shea 
um, like a Shea points over or something like that uh, in that Thunder Hawks game. The Thunder minus one just seems like a crazy line, uh, even though they're on the road. I know that it's like a it's like a come down spot after a big game against Boston, uh, but you know, it, it's a bad schedule spot. So that's what's going to keep me away from it. But it's definitely something that I'm curious about. I'm looking at, right? Uh, I'm probably going to be backing the Minnesota Timberwolves against the New Orleans Pelicans. Minnesota goes home after that game, after the New Year's Day game in New York. Uh, the Pelicans are on the second game of a back-to-back. Looks like everybody is playing for the Pelicans uh, at the time of this recording, except for Trey Murphy. Trey Murphy's out. Trey Murphy might play in this game against the Minnesota, but bad schedule spot to be having to play back-to-back games and then have to go play against Minnesota uh, the next game. So I'll probably be looking at that. Another spot that I'll probably be looking at is, um, let me see. I, I want to see what Anthony Edwards has done against the uh, against the Pelicans. Because I feel like this is a good spot for him. So he has 26 points and then 23 points. Um, made a lot of threes in one of the games. Um, might be a spot that we have to, might be a tough spot for him. So we'll come back around. We'll see what the injury report kind of looks like. But it was definitely a spot that I was eyeing and was, you know, kind of curious about there. Uh, the Pistons are playing the Jazz. Not great for them. Um, I'm definitely interested in this Clippers Suns game. Uh, the Clippers looks like Kawhi Leonard should play, right? Um, and the reason I think that that's they've been they've been incredible whenever Kawhi Leonard plays. Um, and part of what I like about this matchup for them is look, the spread is sitting at about like two and a half, three and a half. Kevin Durant just got rolled out. Um, so that's going to put a lot of pressure on Devin Booker, Bradley Beal. The Clippers are just wings on wings on wings on wings on wings. And I love the spot. I think that this is a great, this is a very tough matchup for a guy like Booker. Um, I think it's a very tough matchup for even a guy like Bradley Beal. So even though the Clippers are on the road against the Suns without Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant was kind of the guy where it could kind of break the Clippers defense. It's a tougher matchup for Kawhi Leonard, I think, uh, just based on the fact that he he has to still defend Durant on all three levels. Um, now you can kind of throw Kawhi or and Paul George and like a couple more looks at like Beal at Booker. Very tough spot for me to back uh, to back the Suns. I like I like the Clippers in this spot immensely. I, I really like the Clippers. Um, Another interesting schedule spot is the Orlando Magic and the Kings. The Magic are plus four and a half point dogs against the Kings on the road. Uh, both teams are actually on a back to back. It's a and both teams are on the West Coast. The Kings are playing. Uh, the Kings are playing the Spurs tonight. No, they're not. That's a lie. Um, <clears throat> the Kings are playing. My brain is breaking. The Kings are playing the uh, the Hornets, and the Magic are playing the Warriors. So much tougher matchup for one of these teams than the other. Uh, the thing that's particularly interesting, though, is the Magic are twelfth in adjusted net, plus one point four, uh, compared to the Kings at plus zero point zero. They've been a lot better with De'Aaron Fox, but I think that this is potentially a very tough matchup. It's it's an inter- it's a clash of styles, right? Uh, the the Magic of the twenty fourth ranked adjusted offense. Adjusted defense, they're second, whereas the Kings are 10th in adjusted offense, 21st in adjusted defense. Um, I lean Orlando, but I do struggle with the fact that they're 
on the road, West Coast, late games, back-to-back. Um, I, I think it's a very tough schedule spot for them. So I lean the Magic, but I think I'm going to stay away from this game specifically because of that. One game that I think is particularly interesting, the Heat are plus six and a half uh, at on the road in LA against the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, <clears throat> part of why I think this is so such a fascinating line, right, is Jimmy Butler won't play. Caleb Martin probably is not going to play. Uh, Josh Richardson, questionable. Haywood Highsmith, concussion protocol. Um, not great, right? Uh, when we look at the Lakers, D'Angelo Russell, we'll see if he plays. He's day-to-day right now. Cam Reddish, groin, is out. Uh, Rui Hachimura suffered an injury against the Pelicans on Sunday. Didn't come back to the game, so also day-to-day. We'll see what these lineups kind of look like, but... Um, it, it's a particularly interesting matchup because I think that Miami's been a little bit underrated uh, of late. And a lot of that has to do with Tyler Hero being back, Jaime Hawkes playing really, really well. And uh, those like it, it kind of makes you want to back Miami here on the road. They always seem to play particularly well. Um, one player that I think is going to have a tougher matchup is obviously Anthony Davis. Um, he's got a lineup against Bam Adebayo. We'll see where this points line comes in at, uh, but he's only averaging 27.8 points only, right? But he's got a couple outliers. He had a 45-point game and a 41-point game when he against Bam when he was back in with the Pelicans. But since he's joined the Lakers, he's got a 26-point game, a 33, a 24, and then like a really odd nine-point game. So not, not the best, not the best, line for him really uh so far throughout his career against Adebayo and then Bam on the other hand has been a weapon defensively uh and he actually has had 12 10 and 19 rebounds against in head-to-head matchups over the last three uh with Anthony Davis but they really haven't played too much over the past couple of years um two matchups in 2019 one in 2021 and one in 2023 2023 so Obviously, they had the playoffs, um, you know, and the bubble, the bubble, the bubble finals. But I'm not including that different, different, just set of circumstances there, uh, especially in regards to the minutes, the rotations, uh, and even like who the players are on the teams, right? So uh, those are just a couple of the things that I'm looking at for this NBA slate. Uh, the plays that I definitely have locked in, I've locked in Tyrese Halliburton over 30 and a half points and rebounds. I'm gonna be looking at Jalen Brunson over on assists. I'm, I'm hoping we get a six and a half, but I think we'll probably see a seven and a half. Um, and I'll be looking at OG and Anobi threes. I might just make a same game parlay of like five assists, two threes for OG. That might be a fun one. Um, and that, that might be the way that I try to tackle that. But with that, producer Corey, how are you doing today? Um, <clears throat> I'm doing well. Good. It's good to how hear. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. You know, just living the dream. I can hear my dinner being made right now upstairs. So I'm very excited. Nice. What's cooking? Uh, we got some leftovers. I made like a, I made like a Korean ground beef type of thing yesterday. So mm. like making like rice bowls with, I made kimchi, I made cucumber kimchi yesterday. So uh, it's just fermented for the like day. Yeah, I know. It's, it's pretty nice, pretty healthy with the, you got to make your own rice too. So I'm pretty stoked about it. Of course. <laughs> It's the um, one trick I've got. Yeah, I'm like I got to do it. I got to do it. Um, but do you have any? Do you have any New Year's resolutions for the felt for the folks besides a recommendation today? I mean, my resolution I already told you is to keep my total miles under ten thousand this year. Fair. 
Um, so I have the opportunity to hopefully return my lease uh, in 2025, maybe. We'll see. Sick. Sick. Um, <clears throat> I did a lot of travel that first year. My God. Yeah, you were moving um, around. Yeah. I do have a recommendation. I recommend that you double check every date for the next month when you write it down on something. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good it's one. It's always the worst part. Yeah. You know how many times I've written 2023 on day two? It's day two. I've oh. written it 10 times, at Too least. Many times. Too many times. Thank God I've caught myself, but yeah. The worst when you is check in dates. It's this is, this is the hardest part of the year. Yeah. The worst is like if you have something that like auto sorts it. So then it like puts mm-hmm. it like just somewhere completely different. You're like, fuck, I don't know where it is. Especially if it's not like if you did like today, like it's like one, two, twenty three, you know where to look. But like if you it was like yeah. out in June, you're like, fuck, I don't know where this went. Like <laughs> it's so. tough, man. I've been writing some stuff up and I'm like, oh shit, February of this year, not yeah. last year, dumbass. No, not Check ideal. It again. Not ideal. Yeah, no. It's um I'm I'm sure it won't be out of my system for at least another two weeks of doing this, but you know, just be aware. Be aware. I'm gonna get ahead of it. Try to like not create a headache into March. And if I can if I can cut it in I don't know, mid February, where I'm fully on twenty twenty four when I'm writing the date, uh, I'll consider it a win. Awesome. So my recommendation for the folks is uh, to definitely get your dinner when it's hot. Um, and then it will also be um, it's also going to be take a look when you're betting on like anything, right? And just take a look at what the odds are. Take a look at what the juice is. It's really important to understand not only like what you're paying, um, but also like what how successful you need to be in order to maintain profitability. Um, so like sometimes like I'll bet on something, it'll get it'll, and the juice will just get crazy. And I'll say like reduce your risk. Um, that's generally what my recommendation is. Uh, sometimes like I, it, it up to a certain threshold, right? Um, because if I bet on something at minus 110 and you bet on it at minus 140, they're not the same bet. Um, and it's something that is very important to understand just from a hit rate perspective moving forward. So going to recommend that. Um, I'm also going to recommend getting salt. Uh, for your driveway, for your sidewalk, like whatever you have. Um, this is very homeownery of me, but um, I and I got the pet. Yeah, safe. I got a guy for that. It's awesome. Yeah, I, I got the pet. I got the pet safe one for my dogs. So uh, it's it's definitely it's definitely something that you should have because I was like, fuck, like I need to have this now. I don't want to have it later. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what we're recommending for this episode. And I'm gonna recommend um as well, like get yourself com- some kimchi. It's fucking great. Uh. You don't have to make it yourself um, because that's just... But you should. It, yeah, it's a little unhinged for you guys that aren't uh, seeing as widescreen as I am um, to make your own. But like, it's look... It's called cultural appropriation. Yeah, it's a real like, problem, Don't, don't steal my recipes here. But no, but get, get yourself some kimchi. It's pretty good. It lasts for a really long time. And I would say because of the way that it lasts, it kind of keeps fermenting, kind of keeps getting better. It is a plus EV decision, just like to get props.cash. Props.cash is a plus EV proposition. It's something that you're going to keep. It's going gonna, it's gonna to last. You're going to come back to it day after day after day after day, just like that kimchi. And you are going to be looking and saying, like, is this a plus move? Like, it, am I, is this good with rice? Like, is it, don't put it with pasta, maybe some japche, but it's great with rice. You could do it with a little don't put it with your rigatoni it's that would be crazy but look 
Those are all the things that you got there. Props.cash, they can't help you with the kimchi comparison, but what they can do is they can help you make plus EV bets. They can help make you a better better and a more informed better, and you can get that for your first month for 25% off with code Delara 25 And let's continue to cash that.